Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Born to Talk Radio Show. I'm your host, Marsha Witeka. Conversations plus connections equals community. Those are my three C's. The heart of my show is what's your story? It's my belief we all have stories. Some are similar, others are uniquely different. Storytelling brings the passions of my guests to life through our conversations. So be prepared to be entertained, informed, and inspired. Welcome to today's show. Well, hello, everybody. Happy Monday to you wherever you are. And I just want to tell you that today my guest is Chrissy Endler. She is the executive director of Camp Del Corzon. Welcome to the show, Chrissy. Hey, Marcia. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure, and we should probably give a shout-out. We have some some friends in common, and that's how I came to know you. So to Jerome, to Emily, thank you guys for letting me know about Chrissy and the great work she's doing. Because today our show is about Camp Del Corazon, which translates to Camp of the Heart. And clearly, that is the focus of what we're going to be talking about. But uh, before we get into camp, because I love camp, let's just share a little bit, if you wouldn't mind, about yourself so that we can get to know you. So tell me about yourself. Sure. Well, um, as you said, my name is Chrissy Endler, and I am the executive director of Camp Del Corazon, which is a nonprofit summer camp that serves children with heart disease. Uh, my favorite website is www.campbellcorazon.org. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so uh, I am a millennial girl boss, um, proud San Fernando Valley girl, and uh, like to send my love and wishes and deep breaths and healing energy to the Los Angeles community in the wake of our great loss of um, Nine, nine of our community members, and uh, just with with all of the families and friends of Kobe Bryant and everyone on that helicopter. And uh, yeah, I believe. May I interrupt? Uh, in the power. I, yeah, go ahead. I want to. I, I need to interrupt you, and I. This probably will not be the first time. Thank you for <laughs> saying that, Chrissy. Yeah. Um, yesterday was a, a a devastating loss for anyone. That is that knows anything about basketball or Kobe, but maybe you don't even know a lot about the Lakers. But what we can all understand and relate to is that nine lives came to an immediate, abrupt end. These were children. These were parents. And it really was um, a devastating day for many of us, particularly those of us that live in the Los Angeles area. And so thank you for mentioning that because uh, if you hadn't of, I would have. So I, I appreciate you saying that, um, Chrissy. But I think what I, where I interrupted you is that you are a millennial. You are from the San Fernando Valley. And tell, uh, did, where did where did you go to school? I went to school in Reseda at Cleveland High School. Go Cavaliers! Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's- took the bus across the valley for all of high school and I was raised here in the San Fernando Valley and in Los Angeles so I grew up watching Laker games and very much a part of uh, my early childhood seeing all of my friends in Kobe jerseys and you know winning those three titles in a row and all that so uh, I'm very connected to you know it's that thing with celebrity you they, they reach so many people so um, definitely, mm-hmm. as I'm driving around town yesterday and seeing City Hall lit up with uh, purple and gold, um, just as a Valley girl, just you know, connected to it. Absolutely. Well, all right. So we're gonna we're gonna take ourselves to the reason for the for the that you're on the show because of the wonderful work that you are doing. I'm going to spell camp the camp for people if they want to know how to spell it. So it's camp, as you would expect, Del, which is D-E-L, and Corazon is spelled C-O-R-A-Z-O-N. 
I know we're pronouncing it with the E because that's how I want to say it too, but there is no E. And it is, like you said, it's a nonprofit organization providing year-round opportunities for children with heart disease. And I think this is really, really important. And I'm just curious to know, and and like I said, Camp of the Heart, what a perfect translation. What was the inspiration for Camp in the beginning, what what was what what resulted? What was the result that inspired Camp to start? Sure, yes, that's a great story. So, uh, in the mid '90s, um, they in the cardiac and electrophysiology—that's uh, the electrical conductive system of the heart. So, putting pacemakers and um, defibrillators in to sort of manage rhythm disorders of the heart. Uh, in the in the mid '90s, they were they were doing this successfully with children, and so uh, by implanting a pacemaker, you could uh, more or less uh, with that go and live a normal life. And if your heart fell into a dangerous rhythm, uh, this device could uh, pace your heart so that uh, you know uh, it would it wouldn't result in um, something catastrophic for you, and you you might have a bit of an episode if it went off or something like that, but you could go about your day and, and, you know, this led children to be able to have more or less normal lives. And so this was a big deal for the medical community and, and they'd bring these patients in that, that had had these, these heart surgeries and, and, you know, the doctors would be there and, and uh, they'd say, okay, great. So, you know, miracle of modern medicine with your new device and this new lease on life, like, <laughs> how do you feel? And, uh, you know, the kid would, you know, sort of say, great, but, you know, PE still kind of sucks, and now I've got a scar (laughs) on my chest. So there was this emotional level of healing that that was still sort of unaddressed post-procedure or post-surgery. So my mother uh, was a cardiac nurse, Lisa Knight, co-founder of Camp Del Corazon with Dr. Kevin Shannon, both of UCLA, Uh, and Lisa and Kevin were with one of their patients. and they were in uh, in clinic, and we're going to take a look at his uh, chest post-surgery. And he'd uh, come up with this sort of maneuver where he could uh, change from his shirt into a hospital gown without exposing his chest and his surgical scars. And my mother, who, you know, Lisa Knight, who never, you know, missed a beat, um, sort of caught it and went, hey, man, what was that little dance you just did? What's that little maneuver about? Uh, and he shared, you know, well, like I kind of learned and adapted to do this uh, to avoid having people see my scar when I have to change my shirt in a situation where other people are there, you know, in the locker room, the gym, you know. Uh, and so that, that really struck my mother. And so she thought about this this need, this this. Uh, sort of emotional scars left after uh, a child or a teen underwent heart surgery. And she thought about uh, like a a summer camp. She was already a a camp nurse for a typical uh, overnight summer camp on Catalina Island. And she looked for a program that would accommodate uh, a child that had had heart surgery. And there was, in fact, a camp for children with heart disease in Louisiana. And so she got all the pamphlets and the information together. She presents it to these parents, and she's, you know, excited for this opportunity. And, uh, you know, the parents look at it, and they're from the Los Angeles area. And they're like, Louisiana? I'm not going to send my child to Louisiana. They've never been on a sleepover, you know. So uh, she thought to herself, and she looked to her colleague, Dr. Kevin Shannon, and and she famously said in our community, well, we can do that. And mm-hmm. from those words, um, that summer, only months later, I believe the idea was hatched in, in the spring of 95. And by August, they called up that camp she was working at as a nurse, Catalina Island Camps, and asked the director at the time if they would be willing to squeeze her and some 30-some-odd kids in at the end of their season and and to, you know, to our gratitude to this day, they said yes. Uh, and 25 years later, we've had a growing program. That's, that's, a, that's a beautiful story and a beautiful history. And isn't it 
isn't it wonderful, regardless of what you do, when you see a need, whomever you are that is listening right now, and think, well, what could I do? How could I be empowered to make a difference? That's one of the reasons, to be honest with you, Chrissy, that I do this show every week, because so often my guests are from the nonprofit world, and they, for whatever their reason, have found a love for something that means so much, and 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 you and and you and the members of your organization inspire others. Maybe somebody, frankly, is listening that isn't anywhere near Catalina. They may have heard of Catalina. They may even know about that 23 miles across the sea song, but they're <laughs> never going to go there because they live in North Dakota. There is no Catalina Island nearby. But that doesn't mean that there are not young people that you just described um, in your opening how they are so um, aware and and self-conscious about this long scar that they're able to keep covered that somebody doesn't see. Maybe their family knows about this, but not the kid in their PE class. Or they want to go to the beach, and what are they supposed to wear? And I would really, um, as I mentioned in my on my website, I would really recommend people visit your website. There is a phenomenal video that you have talking about what camp means, not just to the young people that come, but to the counselors and everyone that's involved. It's just, it is absolutely phenomenal, truly. But you mentioned that you are a year-round program, and we're going to be talking a lot about your program, not just what you offer to campers, but to, to all the other young people and family members that um, would be beneficial from your services. So we talked about Catalina, which is, as we would say, in the Los Angeles area or up and down this coastal area, 23 miles across the sea. I'm familiar with camps there, just so you know, because I I worked for the YMCA for many years, and the YMCA has a I don't know if they they still do, but they had a camp in Catalina. I think the Girl Scouts also had a camp in Catalina, sure. yeah. and um, it's it's a perfect place for camp, and it's a perfect place to get away. And yes, you do have to get there. You don't walk. You don't take a train or a car. You do have to take a boat to get yourself there, and that in itself is a pretty cool experience. But when you're not at camp, where where is your organization located? Right. So we're, uh, you know, your, your comments have me, my brain going a mile a minute, wanting to talk about different things. We're we're in, we're in North Hollywood. Our our office. Okay. Uh, and uh, we. We lease our site on Catalina, as I mentioned, from uh, from Catalina Island Camps, uh, also a great uh, summer camp program for children who, you know, uh, are in the L.A. area that want to see Catalina and have a recreational camp experience. I want to pause for just a minute because I know we are sure. going to get into the nitty-gritty about, like, our camp and all that Camp Del Corazon provides, but I, I think I would be remiss since you do have an audience that's nationwide. I'd, I'd really like to mention that while Camp Del Corazon is my favorite camp for children with heart disease, we do uh, luckily live in a time where even though the news cycle may not focus on it, there are so many people, to your point earlier, doing such good in the nonprofit world and, and a, a community that's maybe not uh, highlighted all the time in our world, but that is really of service. So there are um, several other camps for children with heart disease in the different corners of our uh, country and so there's um, I want to just highlight uh, oh, Camp please. Taylor yeah um, uh, Camp Taylor is uh, up in Northern uh, California uh, we have Camp Odeon uh, in Michigan and up in the Central Wait, Northern let part. me interrupt how do you how yeah, do you spell no, that no. Because, uh, so this is in uh, Michigan how do you spell that camp yeah Odeon is O-D-A-Y-I-N Okay, and that what part of Michigan is that located in? 
That's a great question. You have to go okay. to their website. Well, well, you know, well, a couple of cases. Okay, well, we'll look it up. People that live, I, my husband was from Michigan. Uh, you know, it's a big state. California is a big state. But O-D-A-Y-I-N is another camp, and I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I wanted to make, be clear. No, that's okay. And then you were going to mention a, a couple of others? Yes, uh, and then there's uh, Madden uh, Open Hearts Camp in Massachusetts. Okay. And then the uh, original camp, and uh, I'm kind of speaking out of school here as far as this one, but the one in Louisiana, Camp Encore, which is um, French for Camp of the Heart. Um, Okay. I think kind of what gave us the inspiration to be Camp of the Heart uh, in Espanol here in Southern California. Um, But Mm -hmm. Camp Encore in in Louisiana was was, uh, the camp that we first saw in Louisiana in 95. So. Just, just so Wonderful. that people out there know that these kinds of programs are are there to serve kids all over the country. Well, I think, and I think that that's really important because, as you mentioned and I mentioned, you know, we are heard across the country. Frankly, it's the internet. I have I have listeners that live in Australia as well. So, uh, so well, maybe you could just say, sort of, in a nutshell, what your mission is. What what is the mission of of camp. Yeah, I mean you can you can find the the full language on my favorite website www.campdelcorazon.org. But uh we our mission is to provide year-round services and opportunities for children with heart disease and their families. Um but when it comes down to sort of the the big words, right? These big idea words that we're trying to provide as a community is we want to give these children self-esteem we want to Mm -hmm. we want them to feel good about who they are exactly as they are and want them to feel that sense of agency and and power in themselves so self-esteem and then and then community so the power of having friends and then having those friends be part of a larger community it's it's chosen family and we hope to provide events and resources and doctors and uh, friends that are part of part of the Camp Del Corazon community. I can really appreciate what that means um, in hearing you describe that, that if you're that 15-year-old little boy, or I guess maybe you wouldn't be considered a little boy at 15, but maybe it's oh, at no, nine you are. <laughs> yes, and now yeah. you're talking to to your buddy, and he knows what it's like to have your 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 chest cracked open. You know, you can empathize, but but in a different way when you yourself understand the rigors of rec- of um, of recuperating from the surgery and perhaps the fear of of your life, and to be able to. Um, connect with others that really understand, and I would imagine also their parents. I, I mean, the support network yeah. must just be must just be phenomenal. I, I I can only imagine how phenomenal that must be. Are there different types of heart conditions that these children um, present with? Yeah. So Camp El Corazon provides uh, camp experience. For any child uh, born with any form of heart disease. So if a child, for example, at camp, you'll see children who were born with some sort of structural defect in the heart, had a surgery in infancy, it went gangbusters, they're totally healthy, living their best lives, but they still have to see a cardiologist every year to monitor and make sure that they stay healthy. Those campers come to camp and are part of the community because they still have, you know, memories of being in the hospital. They still have scars. Some of them still have to take medication, right? But on the other end of the mm-hmm. spectrum, through uh, more recent surgeries, through having arrhythmia issues and, and pacemaker implants, all the way to campers who may have had a heart transplant, uh, maybe even mere months before camp happens. So we really see um, the full spectrum of cardiac patients at camp, but at camp they're not cardiac patients. Of course, they're just campers. Uh, but we mm-hmm. we take them all. 
we want them all. I think that's terrific. And as I mentioned, um, we do have a connection with uh, Emily uh, Earhart. Right. Um, yeah. I, I had her on my show, and I also had my friend Jerome on my show. And we talked about chronic heart disease because that's what she's yeah. very much involved in. But for people that may have missed that show, perhaps you could just, um, if it's easy for you to do this, just define what H- what CHD really means. What is what is chronic heart disease? Well, there's a few ways to a few ways to attack that question. Um, I went to camp. Uh, as a child, because my mother, Lisa Knight, started the camp, and I, I was the only camper uh, in my cabin of girls that hadn't had heart disease. So at that mm. point, uh, you know, it got easier as I was older, but in the beginning, it certainly felt like I wasn't supposed to be there, right? And that, uh-huh. that I was the odd girl out and, and stuck out like a sore thumb, and, and, and really I just I didn't feel... I didn't feel like that was the place for me. And that was a really uncomfortable and difficult feeling that, you know, I hadn't really experienced before. And I don't have a heart condition, but I imagine that what I was feeling in those early years as a young girl, feeling different in those moments, is probably what having a chronic or congenital cardiac condition feels like for children with heart disease all the time. Uh, mm-hmm. In school, in PE, uh, in seeing portrayals of other people in the media, you know, there's not a lot of representation there. So not seeing yourself reflected in your peer groups or uh, in society uh, probably uh, is is a hard and, and isolating feeling. Uh, and you have to do uh, – I, I also have a chronic illness. I have, uh, I have lupus um, and – that's something like with heart disease that if you're, you know, your scar is not showing, uh, you, you can't see on the outside. Um, and so I imagine that, that not, uh, not being able to point to something and say, well, uh, not, not having uh, the acknowledgement that you're doing all this quiet work, you're doing all this quiet, you know, strong work of showing up and, being as strong as you can and feeling really tired, but showing up anyway. And I can relate to, to that, like not, not having uh, sympathy or empathy from folks for whom it's just naturally and beautifully easier. Um, and so that quiet work doesn't get seen. And I imagine, and I, and I know from experience that, that, that that's very difficult. I imagine, I, I would imagine as well, um, why do you think that camp is so powerful for these children? Do you think it's that relatability? What what is it? Yeah. I mean, you've obviously go there and you and you witness this, and maybe a, a nine year old or ten year old's experience is different than a sixteen year old experience. But what what do you think is the powerful part behind this? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, we just we're just rolling right in from from what I was just describing, which is that now mm-hmm. at camp surrounded by folks that your age uh, and not, you know, um, uh, that have shared this crucial experience of a diagnosis, a lifelong diagnosis and maybe major surgery and maybe lots of time in the hospital and maybe uh, your body looks uh, reflects all of that. I, you know, I, I don't want to say trauma, mm-hmm. but trauma. You know, it. You know, yes. you're, you're you you have physical and emotional background in you that is now being reflected in the people that you're seeing around you. You get to make friends that you have a shared language, right? All of these, these diagnoses are like impossibly long to say, but you get you get in a medical community, and everybody's like, oh, I have. And ASB too. Oh yeah, HLHS. That's me too. Oh, tetralogy of flow. Yeah, TOF brothers. You know, it's just like a immediate shorthand that you don't have to explain why your lips are a little blue, that you're cyanotic because your blood flows a little less. Like people get it. They don't freak out. You know, it's just understood mm-hmm. 
who you are without having to explain. And that's just such a sense of belonging. And that camp's important because, because it gives them that sense of belonging. I bet. And you're, and the age of the kids that come to camp is between 7 and 17. Do I have that right? That's right. Okay. Yes. And then when so, eighteen, uh huh. I just want to plug. I just want to plug one of our programs. Oh please! So when they're eighteen, there's also a program that we run for eighteen to twenty-five year olds for young adults with CHD. Uh, you know, we spend we spend childhood playing around on Catalina Island, and then uh, when you're eighteen, you can come join us uh, in the in the foothills of uh, of the uh, Arroyo Seco in Glendale and, and start to learn some of these like young adult life skills. Um, but oh, we that's can talk about great. that when we get into it. Yeah. Yes, I would like to talk about that. I know that if I didn't mention it, but I know it in my head, um, and I think it's extremely important to mention this, and that is that this camp is free for these children that attend. That's right. And I'm just mm-hmm. wondering, I mean, that that is pretty remarkable because I would imagine there is enormous expense in the families of children that have a chronic disease or have had major surgery. Um, how do you cover the cost for the campers to go to camp? Yeah, from, from, from donations, uh, mostly, mostly private donations from people in the community who uh, feel connected to support us. So there's, um, there's certainly a lot of donors in the medical community. We have uh, certain um, uh, uh, corporations and businesses that will grant us uh, funds. We do, we do grant writing for donations. Um, but the, the lion's share of our money uh, is given by private donors at our large fundraising events. So uh, oh, good. fundraising season, yeah. Well, Our I think we'll be talking a little about right. You know what? If, I don't mind if you want to talk about that right now because as I look at your at your page right now, um, I know that you do have some um, events coming up. Um, you can talk about that now if you'd like, or if you want to wait a little bit, we can talk about it. The the, the that's your call. What what would you like to do? Um, I'll just mention. Well, I guess I mentioned that, sure. that our, you know, we have our big fundraisers and they're in April and we can um, sort of, you know, finish, finish what we're talking about with camp and then I can flush that okay. out in more detail later. Okay. Okay. Then let me, let me, cause I do have this question cause I do want to talk about your events. It's very important. I wanted to ask you at going back to camp, how long do the campers stay there? How long are they at camp um, for? So it's five days and four nights for a camper, and we do three of those sessions this year, four of those sessions back to back. So, oh, uh, great! Yeah, that's, twenty that's, days so you total have multiple for the whole sessions. program. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. that's that's terrific. Wow! And so they so they're five days, four nights, and you have back to back sessions. What? Typically, so that do they begin? I presume when school's out is. Do you start like the end of June, first part of July? How, does that does it vary from year to year? I'm so glad that you've asked this question. So <laughs> uh, we 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 operate uh, at the end of the summer. Uh, we do lease the site, you know, from our hosts, and and they run a full summer camp during the summer. So we actually go back. Uh, you know, end of, or we start rather um, at the end of August into early September. So some of our sessions run over the long weekend, um, but it's usually after uh, LAUSD is back in session. And um, our charter and private schools, usually the same uh, circumstance. We would love to offer longer sessions. We'd love to offer uh, sessions during um, uh, times when schools uh, not in session, uh, and so for all of the millionaires out there listening, uh, I will absolutely accept uh, any donation of our own campsite that you would like there you to go. offer. Um, there you go. <laughs> just put it out in the world. My mom taught me, you know, you gotta, you gotta put see it, it in the universe. Happen. So yeah, that's right. 
but no, I, you know, we do uh, we do operate typically when when school's happening. But uh, you know, we we write uh, very good letters to school administrators about uh, the value and uh, healing power of camp for these for these kids. So we we've been making it work for for the past twenty five years. How many kids typically show up to a session? Is it is is it typical? I don't know. Yeah, we're big, big sessions, um, 130 kids at a time just about, and it takes takes about uh, 70 or so counselors uh, to, to a session, so it's about 200 people on the island at a time, and we do that for each session that we offer. So speaking of that, let's talk about those volunteers because they – obviously come with a real uniqueness as well. So tell me about your volunteers. I love our volunteers. Mm-hmm. I, I've, I've been a program director. I do. I really do. I've worked as the program director for for my nine, ten years at, at Camp Del Corazon so far. Um, and so I've worked very closely with, uh, you know, um, hiring the 250 volunteers it takes every year to make camp happen. I've worked very closely with the portion of those volunteers who are uh, on leadership, which means that they just still, you know, without getting paid a dime, volunteer them on top of the camp time itself and the training time, you know, extra time to help come up with training materials and and, uh, uh, developing the program. Uh, and then, you know, within that, there's there's doctors and nurses and uh, activity staff that run the climbing wall and the waterfront. And so it's 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 just this massive community of uh, people who are of service. And to 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 know a Camp Del Corazon uh, volunteer is, is to to make to make a really valuable friend. They're really great people. Um, and so it's been. It's been a pleasure over these 10 years to watch. And so what happens is it's like you have these great people and then they go tell their one favorite special friend, the one that's really reliable and that they really love uh, about camp. And so they recruit for us um, these amazing people um, just by word of mouth. Uh, we're, we're really lucky at this point uh, in, our, in our camp universe that uh, these volunteers are coming to us you know, from close friends who've already been to camp and know what it's about and, and are very much doing it for the children and to serve the the pediatric cardiology community. And uh, so, so I just can't say enough. I could gush all day about these volunteers. They're just um, really amazing people. You know what occurs to me, and, and um, part of me wouldn't be surprised about this, is is it possible that any of your volunteers themselves were children with chronic heart disease, and here they are walking around as 20-year-olds, and they really can relate to these young people? Do Are any of your volunteers um, also past patients? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, some, some come to us having not heard about camp uh, by the time they were 17, and so they're just coming to us as adults, and they're 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 so much fun to see you come to camp because their eyes are just as wide and their smiles are just as wide as campers on their first year. But uh, a, a growing percentage are, in fact, previous campers. So they come up through camp. A growing number of our volunteer base has gone to camp and then uh, taken a year or so off or come through our uh, young adult leadership program pace uh, and then come back to give back as a counselor. So about a third of that 250, uh, a quarter to a third, it's growing, uh, are in fact um, adult uh, pediat- or adult congenital uh, patients themselves and previous campers. Wow, that's that must really, I, I, that I mean, you know, we hear you. I worked at the Wise, I mentioned, and and we had a lot of that similar situation where you were a camper and now you're. You're a counselor because you understand the value, and and you and you're and it's so it's so relatable. Do you have sort of an, an equal balance between 
um, men and women. I guess I I just I mean even let's just start with the campers. Are you are you pretty much boys and girls, or are you does it does it sway one way or the other as far as your campers go? Yeah, so I actually this question I I find the answer to it pretty fascinating. I you know I'm interested in in youth development um, obviously uh-huh. through my job. So so in the the answer to the camper uh, the, the gender breakdown for campers versus counselors is, is opposite. So I find that that parents of young boys are, are much more willing to send their children out to play in the dirt on the island. Uh, and so we get a stronger uh, registration for for boys, for campers, I, and it's changing, but I do have to spend a little bit more time on the phone uh, with the, you know, the mothers of, and fathers of our, our female campers. Um, as far as staff mm-hmm. goes, it's the opposite. <laughs> I think the young Isn't women are, are much, much quicker to say, like, I'm, I'm you know, uh, I'm available and raring to go, and uh, for for whatever reason. Um, but uh, yeah, but so it's, that's, it's, that's, but it's pretty even at the at the end of the day. I see. And do your do your campers typically come from this Los Angeles area along with your volunteers, or have you know you mentioned that there was a camp up north, but what if you live? you know, in the Central Valley or you live in San Diego or someplace like that, do you find that your campers will also come to you um, whether they live in this Los Angeles area or not? Definitely, yeah. I mean, you know, we get we get campers from all over who, for one reason or another, you know, I think Catalina is a big, a big draw for people. Um, the, the journey out on the boat and the palm trees on the on the island and everything like that. Uh, I think you know attracts people from uh, all, all parts of the country. We've had some from Canada. We had a delegation from New Zealand years ago. So uh, it just kind of depends on the relationship. Um, and I, I want to take a moment to sort of acknowledge and describe the importance of Camp Del Corazon's relationships with the hospitals in Southern California. So patients sure. are coming from all over the state to go to these fabulous pediatric cardiology programs, right? So um, UCLA, CHLA, uh, Children's Hospital of Orange County, you know, these, these major institutions that are doing such good work for children are then the reason that they hear about Camp Del Corazon. So they're coming from their homes, not necessarily for camp, they're coming long distances from their homes to get the necessary care that, that they need. And then a bonus is that they get a Camp Del Corazon brochure. So um, that's, I think that's, that's a big way that they come to us. I be, that makes total sense. What parent wouldn't want that for their child? But you're, as you mentioned um, a while ago, camp is not just Camp Del Corazon is not just a summer camp program. And you you touched on pace, and I thought this would be in its progressive adult cardiac experience. Let's let's talk about pace because are these are, are these sometimes those children that have aged out? as campers or like you said right. or perhaps it's a combination they're just finding out about you as an 18 or 19 year old right yeah yeah both both ways you know um there are there are many paths to to pace and many paths to camp and and we invite mm-hmm. everyone who hears about us to join um yeah pace was born from you know once camp was going on for 10, 15 years, and these, you know, children were becoming adults, uh, there are a specific, I mean, it's difficult to turn 18 and have society all of a sudden expect you to behave and know what it means to be an adult and be a citizen and be your own health advocate and all of these things and add having the complications of growing up with heart disease and perhaps having a more sheltered upbringing or perhaps, uh, you know, having other uh, physical challenges um, related to your heart disease, uh, being 18 or turning 18 uh, can be a can be a scary thing. Uh, and so, pace was born from, I think, a need from our campers to have the community that they built at camp translate into a 
you know, striving and um, thoughtful and healthful community in their adult lives. So we mm-hmm. have a program where for, which is a year-round community also, PACE, but um, our, our flagship program for PACE is uh, a retreat weekend uh, in the L.A. area, in nature, uh, where we sit and have, you know, uh, again, adults, counselors at camp who have heart disease and have navigated health insurance through major surgeries as adults, have transitioned from pediatric cardiologists to their adult care. The ACHA does great work. Uh, Emily's uh, spoke very eloquently about the great work that they do to help, uh, you know, a young adults transition to adulthood and PACE is another resource for young adults to, to do that very thing. Mental health strategies, uh, de-stressing strategies, healthy, we, we, we do cooking classes, you know, how to, how to cook healthy on a dime, a million things to do with eggs, you know, just like fun things on top of, of sort of the logistics of life, but just to sort of give these young adults who've already been through so much a, a, a boost, and, and, and encouragement and, and examples to look at of adults who are living and thriving with their heart disease. So if I understand you right, so you have this retreat, I believe it's over the Memorial Day weekend, learning how to do, to cook and some of these fun things that you've just described. Do they ever get together also during the year as a group of young adults as well? Yeah, definitely. We just went on a hike to Eaton Canyon in Altadena area this past Saturday, you know. So that's just yeah, one example. We do we do fun things. We have a camping trip uh every October uh to some, you know, Southern California's beautiful area to to go camping. There's a lot of beach camping opportunities and uh, so we do that every year. We try to get uh to a theme park or uh uh, some sort of outing together in the off season. We're going to start up movie nights, so it's it's really a it's a full calendar. That's great. So does do would you say that they perhaps get together once a month to do something, or is it just dependent? Yeah, I mean we we host things. I would say maybe every other month as an average. Uh-huh. They you know start to start to get together with each other, independent of our hosting it as an organization, which has been really nice to see. I'm looking at your um, website, um, and you have a link to PACE. um, And I realize that we're just not even finished the first month of 2020, so you don't have a lot of things up currently facing you. But I just noticed that you've had um, a yoga fundraiser, which – as somebody that understands the value of deep breathing and calming ourselves down, I would imagine that there isn't anybody that doesn't um, um, benefit from that. But you have a great page, and I would recommend that, as I, as you said, your favorite website, Emma, you know, that your your favorite <laughs> website, Chrissy, um, you know, you, you people can certainly come and check this out for themselves if if they have. Um, um, a family member, or you know, you're just um, a 20 year old, and you're you've graduated from college, but you're just still looking for that community. I just think that that's that's really cool. And the and the other program, before what I want to ask you about really quick is you do have symposiums as well. Is that right? Right, uh, and the one coming up is next month on the. 22nd of February, that's a Saturday, February 22nd, uh, is our uh, fifth annual uh, Happy Hearts Festival and Symposium that's co-hosted with Edwards Life Sciences. They're a Mm -hmm. um, medical device company. They they manufacture uh, valves, both um, animal valves and, and synthetic valves, heart valves. And many of our campers and, and staff actually have uh, Edwards valves in their hearts. And so it's this great day hosted uh, by these two fabulous organizations at Edwards Life Sciences campus down in Irvine. Um, and what we do there is half educational symposium. So it's a, it's a who's who of uh, pediatric cardiologists. These doctors come from some of those hospitals I mentioned 
UCLA, CHLA, uh, Children's Hospital of Orange County. They come out uh, and they talk on topics that parents uh, are, you know, uh, perhaps not going to hear as much detail about um, just in clinic or uh, maybe have gotten confusing information with their own research mm-hmm. on the Internet, and these doctors are there to sort of uh, set the record and talk about these very interesting and important topics in pediatric cardiology, some of them medical, technical, some of them just lifestyle and, and useful and helpful in that way. So half the event is is, is for parents to go and, and teens, if they're interested, to listen to these uh, talks from these doctors. Uh, and then also... Uh, the children are invited to come, and the Edwards Life Science people, oh, my goodness, they come up with um, these carnival games. But it's, it's medical engineer brains uh, coming up with camp games. So me, I would just grab a couple sponges and some buckets and make them do a relay and make a huge mess. The Edwards Life Science people have them doing games where they're, they're, they're um, you know, imitating the flow of the blood in the heart and when it's oxygenated and when it's deoxygenated and, and, you know, just all of this great stuff that helps connect them to their heart in a, in a positive way. So the kids play games, the parents get this great information, and then we have this whole sort of PACE, ACHA transition uh, portion of the day that's dedicated to teens who are heading into the transition from pediatric care to adult care and talking about uh, the skills that they'll need uh, to advocate for themselves as adults and to take care of uh, their hearts as they go into adulthood so that they'll stay well and serve them for a long time. So we have uh, programming specifically for teens and for pacers to uh, learn about transition. So it's, it's, an, it's an event for everybody who's touched by uh, uh, cardi- cardiology and CHD uh, and again, that's Saturday, February 22nd. You can RSVP at my favorite website, www.campbellcorazon.org, and just look for the Happy Heart Festival. Terrific. You you had mentioned, and I know that this is um, difficult for you, and I respect and understand that, but I know there's going to be another very big event that is recognizing your mother. And um, I think that it would be, and and she also did she also have a camp name, your mom? Yes, Zena. How do you Zena the Warrior Princess? Zena the Warrior that's, Princess. Yeah, that's yes. X E N A. Yes, but if you don't mind, can you want to just tell us a little bit about your mom and and how? how she had influenced you so much as to your your life today. Yeah, yeah, it would be my pleasure. Uh, so Lisa Knight uh, or Zena, um, mm-hmm. you know, we've talked a little bit about how she founded camp. Uh, she got into mm-hmm. electrophysiology uh, when it was kind of a young field, uh, pediatric mm-hmm. electrophysiology. Um, and it's a great story, I'll tell quickly, that she – uh, she was a she was a young nurse had just moved from the East Coast and got a job at UCLA and uh, electrophysiologists you know they're measuring the the EKG they're measuring the the uh, heartbeat and they're they uh, had these uh, computers uh, that are uh, taking down the rhythm of the heart and transcribing it into you know the, what we know is sort of that sinus rhythm that that uh, uh, you know, jagged line up and down, that kind of reads off, and it would, you know, it would print. They had printers, and it was this great new thing, and they could print it out instantaneously. But it was printing out on those old school printers, where it, it made that sound. It was like, and it had like the perforated top and bottom of the page, right? And it used to come out of the printer in a zigzag. You know what I'm talking about? And it yes, would, I it do. Would, it would, it would never fall quite right. The, the paper would always sort of like pile up because the zigzag on the old printers, it just, it just wouldn't lay right. And so there's this new, you know, in the hospital, this new field and everybody's, you know, talking about, we could, we could 
take these down. And, and she saw these huge piles of paper, and she's like, man, someone really needs to tidy that up and, like, fold up <laughs> fold up these readings. This is really important information. Like, this is what we're – this is what all these big machines and these electronic leads on these people's chests is what it's for is to get this information, and you're just letting it pile up. So she took it upon herself to, like, fold the, the paper properly and she says it got the attention of the electrophysiology doctors in the department, and they said, her, yes, her. I want her to be a nurse in this field. And so she just described that as, like, her foot in the doorway of UCLA electrophysiology. So just to paint a picture, my mother was, was always looking for a need and a way to serve it. And and that is just who she was. And mm-hmm. and it, it, it was embedded in in how she founded camp and why I believe it's such a success today is because every time she made a choice, it was, is this in service of children with heart disease? Is this going to make a difference in their lives? And if the answer was no, she didn't do it. And if the answer was yes, she knew it was her true north and, and would push through and guide others behind her and reach for the stars until until it happened. And it is because of her that we are now serving 350 kids a summer and have programs year-round and have a a dedicated staff. And the reason children want to come back and as counselors and serve again and the culture of service and and a heart full of love is is all I can say about is is what my mother was and, and is. And that energy remains embedded in what camp is today and we are going to honor her at our annual gala fundraiser on april 4th um it's our largest fundraiser we make uh, a huge uh, percentage of the budget that allows us to make camp happen at this single event it's saturday april 4th and we do it every year and typically we honor a doctor in the medical community uh or a a member of, of the camp world who's given back in a big way, um, you know, a consistent donor, uh, important people that make camp happen. Um, but this year uh, we're going to uh, honor her memory. Um, my mother passed in, in May from uh, cancer, and uh, so we thought it fitting that this year she be our sole honoree, um, and we invite anybody and everybody whose heart and soul have been touched by the great work that she and Kevin Shannon have done in building this camp um, to, to enjoy this night. Um, it's at the Dolby ballroom at Hollywood and Highland. It's, this, I mean, it's where the governor's ball happens. It's like camp's big night out. We get all fancy mm-hmm. and it's, it's, it's a really fun way to celebrate what we do. Um, and it'll be, uh, in honor of these children, um, and and in honor of of Lisa Knight, in honor of my mother. Wow, beautifully said, and and so very deserving, and I'm sure very emotional for everyone that will be involved. And what a wonderful way to honor her memory, and recognize had it not been for her, and um, Dr. Kevin, that um, camp wouldn't be there. And then here you are, you know, the kid, right, that um, <laughs> went from being a camper, right, because you, you went and and you were exposed to children that d- had a different lifestyle than you did, but obviously you have a compassionate heart. And to go, like you said, being that program director to now being the executive director um, is a wonderful transition. And I think it's just fabulous. And just as your mom had a nickname, so do you, my friend, Miss Penny Lane. <laughs> and, you know, that just takes me to the Beatles. So um, I don't know if that takes you to the Beatles, but how did you get your name Penny Lane? Do you want the story I tell the children or the adults? Well, if, uh, you you can't drop an F bomb, <laughs> but other than that, you, you're free to say just about anything you'd like, honey. Knock yourself out. <laughs> oh. uh, no, no, it, it, it's uh, it is both the Beatles. Uh, I definitely uh, 
had a lot of Beatles playing as a child and mm-hmm. uh, loved their loved their music and um, uh, so Penny Lane is certainly a nod to that and that's what I tell the kids uh, and uh, the one that I reserve maybe for the counselors is that I was 16 when I picked my camp name because I knew I would be a counselor in the future and, and such like that uh, mm-hmm. and that year the movie Almost Famous had just come out and then you know Kate Kate Hudson's character is just a riot and she's vivacious and she loves music and um and so that uh that was the character that inspired it but you know as a as a youth facilitator remember you know it's not exactly the the shining role model so I stick to the Beatles story for the kids any campers and don't 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 let the cat out of the bag for everybody else there you go. There you go. And, you know, so does that get played at, at any point? Are you at, are you at camp yourself? Do you go to these sessions as well? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Are you, so Definitely. you are physically there on those rope courses and on all the fun things that kids <laughs> do at camp, right? Oh, my gosh. There's so much, so much team building happens at camp. Isn't that just part of it, just trusting each other and don't let go of the rope because I don't want to fall. And I, you know, I remember those kinds of experiences for, for in, in building teams. And I, I would think that that's just a sensational way for young people to just um, share with one another. I just, I think it's really great. What what do you see as the future? Do you do you see yourself, like you said, that million dollar listener that that wants to just you know really get you a site? Would you love it if you could, ideally, have camp where you could use it more than those two or three months a year? Yeah, definitely, and I really appreciate the imagery that you brought to that about about team building and camp. If if I could you know, encourage sure. any parent of any child anywhere with or without heart disease um, to find, uh, you know, an, an ACA accredited camp in your area, a camp that, you know, look at their website, see what they're about, but really any opportunity for children to get outdoors and be with each other uh, instead of on their screens and, and really, you know, breathing fresh air and, and, and playing and running and, and making mistakes and getting dirty and all that stuff that we, we don't get to do as much of. I would, I, that's my pitch for camp in general, but to your question, Mm -hmm. um, I just want to keep serving kids. Yes, it would be Mm -hmm. amazing to, uh, have the resource to dream new dreams for what we can do. We're really in a place of deep gratitude for the beautiful site that we have and the fact that, you know, we can fill it to the gills with happy kids and the fact that we're overflowing is a good problem. And, and mm-hmm. it just means that we have to come up with new and creative ways to serve. So my dream for the future of campus is, is, is yes. And is yes. Plus is let's keep serving and doing what we're doing and then look for, look for new ways. And as, medicine gets better and the plight of being born with heart disease maybe becomes less of a life sentence or less of a, of a a burden. We come up with new ways to serve the community and new ways to imagine what these children need. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm so grateful for what we already have and I hope the future just brings, uh, brings more people who need a place to serve to come and volunteer and, and children and families who, who need to be uh, brought into loving arms to come and find us. You know, that was a perfect transition because that was really what I was going to ask you next. And that is, somebody that's listening right now, somebody like me, some uh, a senior citizen that forever reads, whatever, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to put anybody into a pigeonhole, but maybe somebody just says, you know what, I love working events. I would love to volunteer and come to the Dolby or go, or come to your family fest, your fam fest. There are ways that people can absolutely volunteer. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah, lots of paths to camp. So um, any of the events we talked about today, um, 
do have a large volunteer need, and those aren't out on an island, right? Those are right here in L.A. We need lots of help that, you know, you don't need to be, um, you know, uh, adventuring uh, type or camping type uh, to, mm-hmm. to contribute. And all of those events and links to volunteer are on my favorite website, www. Which is what? Or for our Spanish speakers, www.campdelcorazon.org. Um, and you can volunteer for any of our events. Uh, and info at campdelcorazon.org if you're an emailer. Um, and our phone number here at the office if you want to talk to me, 818-754-0312. So we're here and uh, love to talk to you about camp and, and how to get involved. Thank you. And, you know, I appreciate you mentioning your phone number for people that are going, shoot, I wish I had a pen. I'll make sure that I include that when I follow up um, this, this Please, show. Yeah. And and the other thing you just said that I think is also really important is you mentioned the fact that for the Spanish-speaking community, you also offer that as well, don't you? We do. My Spanish is terrible, as you can see tell probably from my pronunciation of how to say no. W in Spanish, but, uh, no, but <laughs> we, we do, we do uh, have many counselors who speak Spanish, and if you uh, need help translating the applications or something like that, uh, we have uh, families and resources. And uh, on our website, at the bottom, there's a button that says translate, uh, and it'll translate our whole website into Spanish and a whole bunch of other languages. That's there That's for you as well. fabulous. That that is that is so great. And on a day where where many of us are just still, you know, reeling over this this um weekend that so many people were affected by, um it's it's a pleasure to hear about the incredibly good work that you are doing. It must fill your, you know, I, as I, and I don't mean these puns, but as I put my hand over <laughs> my functioning heart and, and, and appreciate why you do what you do, where that came from, and why you're just so passionate about this, Chrissy, is really obvious. And for parents that, that feel like I, I need something for my kids, and for like you say, Children's Hospital LA, you have you have all kinds of programs, and and I, the fact that that people can get involved in a variety of, of of manners is is just fabulous. And I I do recommend that people visit your website. That you have made yourself very accessible. That if somebody just wants to say something to you, they just want you to just listen they've just gotten a diagnosis they're frightened they just need uh, a warm loving heart to speak to clearly you're one of those people and i'm sure your staff are no Mm -hmm. different and i i'm just very very grateful that you've spent the time with me today so that people that do are our young adults and, and want to take that hike and maybe take out those binoculars and find that special bird and just want to be in the community of nature or you're that young person that is getting on a kayak for the first time or is is it is anybody going to look at me if I go in the water and I and, and you're going to see my scar you know it's, I, I can I can feel emotional about this I can imagine that this must be just the best and so camp camp of the heart is just it's a wonderful thing that you're doing and it's a wonderful tribute to what your mom is doing and i'm sure that um that this is very special um to um the doctor as well that started this with your mom all those years ago so to dr kevin shannon um for your for your vision and then for you to keep this going, um, you are to be commended. And I thank you so, so much for being a part of this show today. It's been it's been a pleasure. Well, thank you, Marcia, for being the collector of our community stories. 
Um, it's, it's an important role, and it's been a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you. Everyone, have a great week, and um, hug the one you're with. It's another song that maybe we're all familiar with, and actually next week I'm going to be talking about children again with um, a woman by the name of Maritza Morales. She is the executive director of CARES, that's C-A-R-E-S, and that is another organization that supports children. And why not? We need, they need us. So until next time, everybody, thanks once again for joining me, Chrissy. I'll make sure everybody gets all the information about this, Miss Penny Lane. And um, <laughs> have a wonderful week, everybody. Bye for now. <laughs>